Well, guys, woo, we made it. It's week one. And the Bills... No, it's kind of crazy. We don't have the results of the Bills and the Rams because we're recording mm. right before the game. Um, yes, we yeah, we have, are. We do have some news from there. I'll get to that in a second. But coming up, we're going to talk the college football playoff. There's a new thing coming to it. You will have to stay tuned to watch for that. We have our week one picks, but we begin with the rundown... I'm going to kick things off here, just like the NFL is going to kick off later. But hey, anyway, <laughs> speaking of the NFL, there is a contract extension we've got to talk about. And no, it is not Lamar Jackson. It is Sean McVay and their GM Sneed. They have both been extended through 2026, which effectively ends, to me, the um, Sean McVay retirement rumors. Of course, as you may or may not have seen after Super Bowl 56, there were rumors that if Sean McVay wins, he's going to retire and become the new broadcaster for ESPN or whatever, you know. <clears throat> and, well, I'd say that puts this to an end. So, Oh, yeah, I would think so, too. Um, at least for another four years, but still good deal. Um, McVay, believe it or not, and I saw this, at least not counting the Thursday night game, which again, we don't know the results of, McVay mm -hmm. has never in his coaching career been below 500. Never. No, it doesn't seem like it at all. So, that's huge, and the fact that he's still in his 30s, and he's still going strong, you know... Again, big deal because this is the guy who could be your coach for thirty plus years. And that's very true. You know, the Rams are built, you know, I know they've traded every single first round draft pick, but you know, they build for success. They are building to win right away, and this is the right coach to lead them down that path. Mm hmm Of course they'll be a Super Bowl favorite again too. Regardless of course, you don't want to discredit their GM for getting a lot of those players to begin with, too. Yeah. I know people don't like the money ball. And again, you know, I point out how much I hate the Yankees for playing money ball instead of building. But, you know, um, they, they have to work with the cap. So that's why this is different than the other ones is they have to work with the cap, whereas baseball, mm -hmm. you don't. So it's not... You know, you're just being smart about investing money, and you got players that are willing to take pay cuts to be there. Whereas in baseball, all that crap doesn't matter. So, um, good for McVay, good for Snead. Um, again, they're continuing to try to build toward being a Super Bowl favorite for years to come. Um, so, we move on to college football another coach got an extension as well and this one is Dabo Sweeney so Dabo Sweeney and Clemson have agreed to a 10-year 115 million dollar deal um so I guess I gotta ask because you know Dabo Sweeney's name is always in the running but I, I don't believe there's been interviews does this effectively end the Dabo Sweeney NFL discussions with that 10-year deal Mm, probably for right now, but if we know anything about a 10-year deal, it doesn't exactly mean that he's going to be there for all 10 years, minus, you know, 
mind you, if he actually does well in those ten years or not. Um, I'm not. You know, I don't want to hmm. compare to NFL and college football because they're two different total um, well, juggernauts and to- two total, two totally different things. But um, yeah, I mean, who knows? So. The thing with the NFL one, of course, John Gruden got a ten-year deal, mm-hmm. but again, John Gruden got fired for some. He got fired for misconduct. Okay, True. we've not heard anything about Dabo, and to be honest, Dabo has had Clemson in the playoffs, I believe, a lot. In, in I don't even know the exact number, but a lot in the last almost seasons. every single season. Almost he's every been single there. year. Now he's probably. I don't want to say this is going to put an end to those rumors because 100% those rumors are still going to pop up here and there. You know, they're going to be, you know, he might get a couple interviews. I'm sure he won't take any for the next three to four years. I feel like that might be the window. After three to four years, he's probably going to start getting some NFL interviews. Right. or at least offered him, but he might just say, no, I don't want it, or, you know, I'm happy in college, or he'll take him out of respect for the franchise that wants him. But He might still take a few interviews, but I think down below he's going to be like, well, hey, my heart and soul is still into Clemson for right now, unless you give me a deal that I is too good to, you know, not take. I don't know. Exactly. So I look at it this way, never say never in a situation like that. Absolutely. And we'll see, you know, again, I don't foresee anything happening in the near future, but maybe the distant one. So we shall see. Um, but moving ahead, of course, and this one's a big one. So, of course, Jackie Robinson Day, big day in baseball. Um, every player in the NFL wears the number 42 or every player in the MLB wears 42 for the games that day. Well, now I think the Pirates and the Mets are leaning toward a new trend. Roberto Clemente Day is September 15th this year. And of course, um, this year the Mets and the Pirates have both committed to wearing 21 to honor the late Roberto Clemente, of course, Clemente, a 1972 Hall of Fame inductee. He is the first Caribbean and Latin American enshrined in the Baseball Hall of Fame. He's a 15-time All-Star, 12-time Gold Glove, and the 1971 World Series MVP. Um, Needless to say, I think this is the right move right here. They should honor him. Um, again, he's one of the greats. He's one of the trailblazers in the sport. Um, and, you know, no no better way to honor him than to wear his number. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm just grateful that a lot of teams will, you know, honor players of the past with their numbers and stuff like that. I wish a lot of other sports would do the same thing. But, hey, at least they get it in baseball. That's That's still something to see. Yeah, and again, can't wait to see it. Um, but with that, my takeaways were short today. So I, I'm going to turn things over now to Jason for his takeaways. All right, so my first takeaway is, a, you know, a tight end that ended up having a really good 
year last year. Um, I probably would have waited to see what he would have done after this year first before signing him to a new contract extension, but looks like they wanted to jump the gun now. So Dawson Knox, who has been a very up-and-down tight end in his few years, is now going to be staying until 2026 with signing a new four-year contract extension. And I think he has earned it after the season he had last year. Um, the real question is, has he earned it after the season he had last year, or should it have gone to Jordan Poyer, who is one of the top safeties of the Buffalo Bills? Well, I mean, I've watched Buffalo Plus the other day. I watched, um, you know, the Bills kickoff live, both our local programs, by the way, for the mm -hmm. Buffalo Bills in the Buffalo and Rochester markets. Um, for those who don't know, um, both networks kind of said the same thing. He's getting paid like a top five tight end. He's not there yet, but it's the Bills' commitment to saying that we think he can be top ten or top five, rather, in the tight end category, I'm not going to disagree with that. But again, yeah. you know, it's Brandon Bean also being committed to the build or to the draft and then resign method. And, you know, I, I think it's a good signing if, you know, the chemistry is there with Josh and um, Dawson Knox. By all means, you know, he deserves that contract if that's the only way to keep him. Right. So. See, this is what I like about something like this is that you're you're keeping the same kind of offense together so then Josh, you know, can grow with that offense yeah. and have familiar pieces. Yes, you know, you give him some newer pieces and plug and, you know, take and plug in here every now and then because that offensive line is a lot different than it was last year. A few pieces on the... You know, offense like some of the receivers are different than what you what you had last year. You know, with Emmanuel Sanders, um, Colt Beasley. You know, you still have Isaiah McKenzie. You still had Gabe Davis, but this year you have Gabe Davis being a number two receiver. You have Isaiah probably in the slot. You have Jameson Crowder out there. You have a few more uh, other options that are going to be different this year. Um, so. I'm very interesting to see the running back, you know, room looks to be poised to have a decent year this year. All three of them have, you know, proven that with this new improved offensive mm -hmm. line that they can probably push and pound the ball. So this offense, I think, is going to be a lot more firepower than it probably has in the past. As far as the defense goes, defense might be having some hiccups to start the season. You don't have Tredavious White out there. You have a rookie corner going up against one of the top um, receivers there. But I really do think... Sorry, I sent you something for later. That's why. Okay. So, um, that's I, but, I, I forgot to add something to the list for later in the show. So, tinkle on this coming up later. Um Yes. Yeah. Uh, Didn't mean to distract me, you by it. Jordan Poyer has been the most consistent player mm -hmm. since becoming a Buffalo Bill. I think you should have gave him the contract yeah. extension than Dawson Knox. I mean, I wanted to lead up into that. I was kind of multitasking, so that's why I mm -hmm. didn't get to talk Jordan Poyer as much. But didn't Jordan Poyer end last year on the IR? I think so. So that's hence why he was. Um, 
you know, why he's just coming back to practice, didn't play in the preseason whatsoever. Um, I mean, at that, I know at that point, as much as I agree, Jordan Poyer deserved the contract, and ACL is kind of one of those injuries where you either come back the same or you don't. And I, I think I want to wait and see if he's going to come back the same player or not before giving him that kind of deal. Sorry, don't mind that. Um, but I will say that I think uh, Dawson Knox can can be a, a decent player. I think he's somebody that can actually um, go out there and play like a like a top t- five tight end. By the way, I think she has to go out. Um, but as far as Jordan Poyer goes, it just sucks to have to see him potentially leave Buffalo. Um, yes, that injury is going to really derail his momentum trying to get a contract extension with Buffalo, but it all depends on what kind of season he's going to have this year. Um, and the real question is, could he go all 17 games in the season, too? Can he stay healthy? That, that That's some question marks there, but other than that, um, I'm going to go on to my second takeaway. This one happened right after we were done recording last week for uh, Sunday Morning Tinkle. A big one, too. A big trade. Um, you know, he was on the trade rumors for many times, linked to the Knicks, linked to other teams, but he doesn't go there. He goes to the Cleveland Cavaliers instead for Laurie Markkinen, Ochai Agbaji, Colin Sexton, three unprotected first-round picks, and two pick swaps. Wow. I, I warned you, though. Did I not say wow. after a couple – I think it was not last season, but the season before. I'm like, if Donovan Mitchell doesn't get to the finals, or at least close to it soon, he's going to want to trade. And I don't think necessarily he demanded this trade, but – Man, I mean, he I got think it. Utah Jazz are trying to clean house and start all over again because after this trade, before I go on to it a little bit more, uh, they were looking to get rid of Jordan Clarkson and a few other like Bog um, Bogdanovich. They were looking to get rid of like most of the other players that they had that they built around last year. Um, of course, we know that Rudy Gobert is with Minnesota. We know that now Donovan Mitchell is in Cleveland. It just seems like to me that Utah doesn't have a real big plan in action. Yes, they have Colin Sexton and a lot of, you know, other players that they can, you know, they have Laurie Markin and they have Colin Sexton, some other players that they can build around. But if you look at it, Utah looks like they want to kind of rebuild this team Mm -hmm. to something different than the players that they had that got them to the playoffs to begin with here. Cleveland now went from eh, potential playoff, you know, kind of mediocre team to now, like, they could actually cause some ruckus in the East. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I think what's big about this, and I, I really don't think this is much of a reach. Donovan Mitchell's on the verge of being one of the greats in, in the game. Mm-hmm. One of the great active players right about now. So... It's a big move. It's a commitment. It's saying essentially to the league that we know his worth. Right. So now it's going to be about can Donovan Mitchell live up to it? Can he get yeah, this team over the say, hump? Now, this this looks a little risky because you you cleaned house just to get one player. Yeah. The real thing I have to say is 
if Donovan Mitchell doesn't end up being the player they think that he can be, Cleveland looks like the you know the most stupidest franchise in probably NBA history. But if he ends up doing well and takes him to maybe like past the first round and becoming a decent team in the East, then you look at it as it was worth worth you know clearing house just for him. Well, to me, what it seems like that Cleveland was ready to do is they were ready to kind of be in a win-now kind of situation, hence why they got rid of so many players that go after Donovan Mitchell. Well, see, let's be fair. Um, and love LeBron, hate LeBron. He's the best player Cleveland's ever had in the history of that mm-hmm. franchise. This yeah, guy, I agree with that. Okay, Donovan Mitchell is the best player since then, and that's a knock to Kyrie Irving because I don't think Kyrie Irving is near as good as Donovan Mitchell can be. So No, but you you can't agree you know, you can't disagree that Kyrie Irving definitely had a big say in that Yeah. You know, but, the Cavaliers winning that championship back in the day. But see, but before LeBron came back, what was Kyrie Irving besides an no, injury prone player? He wasn't really doing okay. anything. Yeah, so I think this is different. I think Donovan Mitchell's the leader they need. He's the face mm-hmm. of the franchise they need. Again, I mean, it's the East. Take it like a grain of salt that they'll get there. Right. But at the very least, I think they'll be better than the bullshit play-in that I like to call it. <laughs> so, Yeah, yeah. They might potentially be like a 4 or 5 seed in the East. That's why I'm kind of baiting it as. Because in the in the end of the day, it's still going to be the Bucks, the Celtics, probably the Nets, um, Hawks, definitely the the Cavs, maybe the Knicks. I don't know. Like it, it's always going to be those same kind of groups that are going to be in there in that discussion every single year. So I think that they can be like a mid um, mid seed team heading into the playoffs. So who really knows? Um, but. As much as, you know, did they give up too much for one player? For right now, it seems like it. But we'll really see once the season starts if it was actually like that, if they were smart, or if they were dumb. But speaking of a team that has high aspirations every single year, and I'm talking about the Boston Celtics, um, unfortunately their forward, Daniel Gallinari, will be out for the whole entire year with a torn ACL in his left knee. Uh, the real question is, is what kind of impact will this have to the 2022-2023 Boston Celtics? I mean, obviously losing a player like him is never good. Um, because you know. he did decently for the Hawks last year. To bring in a player like that as a forward that can hit threes, that can you know, hit mid-range shots, mm-hmm. that is definitely going to suck for a team that's trying to you know, get back to the promised land like they were last year. And um, should I add, by the way, that now mm-hmm. the latest name to circle since the Scalinari injury, the Celtics are now interested in Carmelo Anthony to replace him. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, there's rumors swirling oh. about that. NBC Sports has actually posted an article about it, that there's a chance Carmelo Anthony could be joining to replace the 34-year-old. Honestly, I would be okay with that. Yes, 
Carmelo is not certainly the same player he once was in his prime, but he's still somebody that can give you impact off the bench, that can go in there and, you know, hit threes, hit mid-range shots, somebody that can still, you know, give you production, you know, and help you win basketball games. So honestly, I think him going to Boston would make a lot of sense in this case. Um, well, you know, does it really hurt the Celtics losing a player like that? Not really, no. because they still have Jason Tatum and, you know, Brown, and they had players like that that led them to the finals last year. So I don't think it's going to hurt it's, them that much to lose a player, an impactful player like that. It's going to hurt in terms of death. That's about it. Yeah, it will definitely. I mean, because that is somebody that was going to potentially come off the bench that's going to give you added minutes and, you know, hmm. take some stress off of, you know, Jason Tatum. But now that Jason, now that he's gone, who, who, who do you see as, like, a backup option for Jason Tatum? Because Jason Tatum gets a lot of minutes every game, and now that potentially his backup is going to be hurt the whole entire year, that put, adds a lot of pressure and a lot of stress on Jason Tatum to possibly, you know, play a little bit more for the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, I mean, that's why they're recruiting Carmelo Anthony, at least from the rumors, and it would make sense to bring him in because then you got someone who's got experience coming in. Um, but, Mindful. Mind you, you know, that he also has playoff experience, too. Yeah, and they're going to have to sign somebody. There's no denying it at this point. Oh, I agree. They need to. Especially if they want to get back into the finals. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to be it for my takeaways. I think it's time for an anchor break. Yeah, I think it's time for the anchor break. When we come back, some news on the college football playoffs. And then we're going to go through our week one picks and our Thursday night football pick. The first one in the Amazon Prime era. So we'll be back in just a moment with that. Oh, all right, before we make our picks, some NCAA news. So um, this is big. The college football playoff has... So NCAA has announced that the college football playoff will expand to 12 teams, and this will occur no later than 2026. Of course, the big thing is, though, not included in that, is a new TV deal. Um, so they will, according to CNBC, they are still searching for their TV deal, whether it's with ESPN or another network. Um, of course, ESPN, as you guys know, have provided quite a platform for the college football playoff on ABC. Um, mm-hmm. I believe they got like two simulcasts on ESPN and ESPN2 with the Monday Night Football team and then some version of the Manning cast in the past. So, um, right. you know, it'll be interesting to see what other networks are willing to offer in terms of that and in terms of asking price. So, I guess, what does this mean for college football first? It means, I guess, more eyes on the product, and then it means that you're going to see a lot more competitiveness for who is going to actually get to the finals itself. I honestly like this because instead of it just being four teams 
every single year. Now it's 12. 12 teams that can compete and, you know, face off. Kind of like feel like, you know, like NFL with, you know, who could face off against each other and go off into the college football um, national championship finals. So as far as the TV deal, that sucks, but I'm pretty sure they're going to be able to find one. No, you know, even if it's with Turner Sports or anything like that, CBS, Fox, they're going to find a way to get some kind of broadcasting deal for the college football playoffs. But um, I think it's good things. I think it's going to mean that you're going to see a lot more teams being competitive for one goal in mind, winning the championship at the end of the year. It's all going to come down to who has more money. So I think that ultimately puts it between CBS and Fox, or I'm sorry, ESPN and Fox and NBC. Um, I imagine those three will be the front runners, of course, to get it. I don't expect TNT to play for it, but I do expect some streaming services to try to play for it. But even still, you can't put the national championship on a streaming service exclusive deal. No, you can't. Yeah, and that's, and that's and that's it's, going at at you there, NFL. It's it, it's something. Yeah, it's something Thursday night football is going to pay the price for. Um, but you know what I will say is I think it's good because you know one there's not room for error anymore, or there's more room for error. You know if you lose a game, um, and besides. I think you can argue that in the past, I mean, and I go back to the UCF days. Now I get UCF did not play any real meaningful opponents, mm-hmm. but UCF was ranked like first, second, third at some points in the year and would finish the season undefeated and not able to play in the college football playoff. So, you know, I'm right. sorry. I don't care who you played at that point. You know, if you're a top three team by the Associated Press, you deserve to be in the playoff. Um, And I feel like it's overly benefited the Power Five conferences more than anything else. Right. Um, Mainly the SEC and the ACC. And occasionally the Big Ten. It has unfairly benefited three of the Power Fives. Now... With 12, it might do the same. But at least now there's more possibility beyond just the Power 5 if, you know, one of those teams breaks out and has a great year. Um, In terms of the TV deal, like I said, I expect that Fox or ESPN will pay big for it. I wouldn't doubt NBC does. And then Mike Tirico just comments on, commentates on both that and Sunday Night Football, the Super Bowl, the years that NBC gets it. That would um, be cool. Because it seems like Tirico's kind of their all-around voice right about now. Right, um, yeah. Which it does seem like that. I like, but, you know, um, I, I wouldn't put it past them, so all i'm gonna say in terms of that but let's get on to our week one picks real quick so we begin of course we already predicted the bills and the rams you have to go back to our um if anything while you got a chance before i start with the games be sure to go back and watch or listen to our nfl season preview special it was pretty good um it aired wednesday at eight on tinkle sports and entertainment all across every platform that we have so um, be sure to go check it out. Um, of course, we predict the standings, the Super Bowl, all everything 
So with that, let's go on to our picks for this week. Of course, Saints and Falcons open up the 1 o'clock games with the Saints at a 5.5 favorite. You said Saints and Falcons? Yeah, um, Saints I'm going to have to go Saints. Yeah, I'm going to go Saints. I do think Marcus Mariota is a good quarterback. I just don't think it's going to be enough to beat New Orleans right about now. Um, 49ers and the Bears. This one could be an interesting one. And the Bears are a seven-point favorite. Bears are a seven-point favorite? I'm sorry, San Fran is a seven-point favorite. Yeah, I was going to say. Um... You got a battle of what two um two, two second year players yeah. quarterback quarterbacks. <sighs> this one's a tough one. Um I might have to just go with honestly I might just go with the four deniers too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. This one's gonna be an interesting game to see. I I don't buy Justin Fields until I watch him play. I don't necessarily buy Trey Lance right away, but I think, you know, the fact that he fits in the Kyle Shanahan system speaks for itself. So I'm going to go with the um, 49ers here. Um, If this is a low-scoring game. I think so, too. Um, I'm going to get a feeling out process with Trey Lance. Same thing with Justin Fields. So Yeah, but with that, Steelers, Bengals, and Cincy is a a 6.5. I'm going to have to go with the Bengals here. I'm not, I mean, no, nothing against Mitchell Drabisky because, he, you know, he is shown that he is a really good starting quarterback when he gets the opportunity. But the Bengals just came off of a Super Bowl appearance and they're going to want to go out for blood. So I'm going to have to. I'm not even going to explain why because I think just the fact that since he's loaded, says enough um, about it. So since he is my pick. Um, this one's an interesting one. Eagles-Lions, it is the first sellout for the Lions in quite a few years. That includes standing room only tickets that were sold. Um, and this is the first time, I think, in a long sure time. Sure it was just standing room yeah, only. Fan. They sold out well. standing room only, too. From what oh, wow, I really? Oh, wow. Officially sold out. Yeah, they officially sold out of standing room tickets. Um, This is the first time since 2019, of course, pandemic year. Um, But also add in that most of the time it's only standing room on Thanksgiving. That said, the Eagles are a four-point favorite. Yeah, and... I hate to say it, nothing against the Lions. Um, I think that they can end up being better than they were last year, but I'm, I'm not going with them week one. It's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. When I think of teams that finished better or that were better than their record shows, the Lions topped that list. I don't foresee an upset, though. I'm going to go with the Eagles, but I think it's going to be by three. I think it's going to come down to a field goal at the end. Sorry, Lions fans. Patriots, <laughs> Dolphins, Dolphins are three and a half. Yeah, I, I think you're going to see um, Tua and Tyreek Hill shine in Miami in their season debut, so I'm going to have to go with Miami. I think it's going to be a little bit more than what they expected to be. 
Um, nothing against the Patriots. They just didn't do very well in the offseason. So I think the Dolphins are going to mm-hmm. um, take advantage of the you Patriots know, here in this game. I feel like everybody's sleeping on Mac Jones in year two. I really feel like they are. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be the next Justin Herbert or the next, um, you know, Kyler Murray or any of that. He's not. I don't really count Patrick Mahomes in that. He didn't play year one. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't get why the hate for him because, you know, be honest, I think he's a good quarterback. He's in the right system. I think this is a game. I, I, I'm I going to go with my first upset. I think New England beats the Dolphins. Okay. Here. So, um, again, I think that curse ends. All right, Ravens, Jets, and Baltimore, a seven-point favorite. Keep in mind, and no mind Zach you, Wilson. I was going to say, mind you, Joe Flacco is facing up against his former team. I want to say for the first time ever, too. Yeah. Um, I had to go to the Ravens here. Nothing against the Jets. Um, I just don't buy the Jets, so I'm going to have to go with the Ravens. I think the Jets made some good off-season acquisitions, but the Ravens are a team that's going to be fringe playoff team to begin with. So with that, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the Ravens here. Um, Jaguars, Commanders, this one <laughs> on paper looks like a lousy game. Explains the $31 ticket prices right now. Um, <laughs> but Washington's a two-and-a-half point favorite. I might have to go with the upset. I'm going to say the Jacksonville Jaguars hmm. beat the Washington Commanders here. I don't normally buy Carson Wentz. I still think Terry McLaurin is a guy. Terry McLaurin's going to be the next Allen Robinson. That's my pick right there um, for his career. But I think it's going to be the Jaguars as well. I think Trevor Lawrence year two. I think it's overhyped how he's going to do year two, but I think he's still going to do really well for him. Um, yeah, so I think so too. I'm going to go Jags. Um, Browns, Panthers. This is the game that Baker has already said, I'm going to fuck him up, and it begins at 1 o'clock. Um, Carolina, a point and a half favorites. Well, because you got Baker against Deshaun, um, or um, Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett. So I, I'm gonna have to go with Baker. I I really do think he's going to f them up. Um, I think one and a half is being a little too generous with a team that you know has a lot of distractions on them. So what better way to have than Baker Mayfield going up against his former team and just kicking their ass. So, I'm gonna have to go with the Panthers. Sorry, I'm I'm gonna agree, but I I don't like this as well. The over under is 45 and a or no wait, the over under is 42 and a half. The next game is 45 and a half. Um, I think it's gonna be very low scoring. I think it's gonna be an ugly game. I don't think it's I I don't think it's gonna do justice saying fuck them up. I think it's gonna do justice more beat them. Um, so. Panthers by a few. Um, but anyway, Colts, Texans, do we have to predict this one? I think we both know what's going to happen here. Seven-point favorites to Indy. Yeah, it's definitely going to be the Colts over the Texans. Colts, yeah. Um, Giants, Titans, Titans five and a half. 
That's the first four o'clock. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the Tennessee Titans. I just don't buy the Giants right now. Not yet. Maybe after week one I'll get a better sense of the Giants, but I'm going to also go Titans here. This is the game that everyone, I think, I think this is the game of the week here on Fox for one. And number two, I think it's one of the underrated games. Packers and Vikings, Packers are favored by a point and a half. I, I just don't know how this Packers team is going to be starting week one. I really don't. So, and look at what the Packers did last year, week one. So I'm going to have to go with the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to say they upset the Green Bay Packers mm. and get the week one victory. I still like the Packers defense. I don't necessarily buy Kirk Cousins. So with that, I'm going to go with the Packers, actually, here. I think the defense is going to speak louder than the back-to-back -back MVP Well, in this game. So um, Chiefs-Cardinals. Chiefs are six-point favorites. <sighs> the first game. I feel, like be, I feel like it'd be different if there was the you know DeAndre Hopkins, but I'm gonna have to go with the Chiefs over the Cardinals. But I think it's gonna be a lot closer than you mm. think because they have Chandler Jones, and they also have JJ um, Watt back. Yes, so I, I really do think that that defense might actually mm. make Mahomes' day a living nightmare. So. But then again, I it's it's the Chiefs, and they always find a way. So I, I'm gonna have to say the Chiefs. DeAndre, if DeAndre Hopkins was playing, I'd say slam dunk. It's the Cardinals, um, plain and simple, without Tyreek Hill, um, because all you got to do is double Kelsey. Um, but because um, let's be fair, the Chiefs don't have a number one. I don't care what people say about Juju. I don't care what people say about Nicole Hardman. Neither of them are a number one receiver on any other roster in the NFL. Um, so I'm going to go with the Chiefs, but I think it's going to be ugly um, in terms of a low-scoring game. Um, mm -hmm. And not because the Chiefs' defense is good, because they're still awful as far as I'm concerned. Um, but... <laughs> I well, think yeah, the guy around Matthew, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, here we go. Talk about rematches. This one is a big rematch in the AFC West from Week 18 last year. Raiders, Chargers, and the Chargers are favored by three. I think this one, this game might be a lot closer than they think it's going to be. Um. I'm going to definitely say the Chargers over the Raiders because I think that their defense is a lot better than the Raiders mm -hmm. are. They lost a lot of key pieces in Chandler Jones and also um, Max Crosby. So they kind of lost some pieces on that defensive line. But if you look at the offense, I think it's going to be another offensive battle. But I do think that what will be the Chargers saving grace is that defense. So I'm going to have to go with the Chargers. I'm sorry, but here's where I think you're wrong here. Now, this is not just me talking as a Chargers fan. This is me talking in general. Now, Max Crosby's still there, by the way. Chandler Jones is there, too. Um, but I think you're wrong. I think the Chargers are downright pissed that they lost. Oh, Chandler Jones. Sorry, I hate to, hate to interrupt you. No, Chandler Jones is with the Cardinals right now. 
This must be another Chandler Jones here. Oh, okay, then never mind. <laughs> no, this is the Chandler Jones that was in Arizona. So guess what? I'm not buying it. Um, and again, if you missed our special, I already said that I think that the Raiders are going to finish last and it won't even be close. People don't they understand Josh McDaniels isn't a head coach in the NFL. Yeah. Okay. I'm telling you, if I had to predict, and this isn't all biases aside, I think it's going to be 10 points or more that the Chargers win by. Honestly, all biases aside, um, again, the Raiders were a fluke last year, and they hired the wrong coach, so... That's why I'm going to go that direction. And to be honest, I think um, Devontae Adams, and I should have mentioned this in the um, special that we did last week, I honestly, and you're going to hate me for this, I think Devontae Adams is going to be the next receiver to go in the Green Bay Packer tradeaway graveyard. <laughs> okay. Jordy Randall Nelson, Cobb. Randall Cobb, both ring a bell there when they left Green Bay. I mean, Randall Cobb back with the Green Bay Packers, but, so you can't really... But is he what he was before? Well, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. And Jordy Nelson speaks for himself, okay? Um, yeah, he left and went to the Raiders and did absolutely nothing. And I think Devontae is going to be in the same boat. It's funny that Devontae Adams is leading that same path. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think he will. I'm sorry, I'm not going to change my mind on that. You can call me a hater. You can say, you know, I'm saying it because I'm a Chargers fan. I'm just pointing out the facts there. Um, Bucks, Cowboys, Tampa Bay, a two-and-a-half favorite here. Yeah, this is a rematch of what happened week one last year, I'm pretty sure, too, where it came down to a game-winning field goal. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's going to happen again this year. I, I think it's going to come down a game to another game-winning field goal by the Bucks. I don't think it's going to come down to that. I think, honestly, let's look at the Cowboys. They haven't won a game last year against a team with 10 or more wins. So add in as well that now, for the first time in probably five or six years, the Cowboys do not have a good offensive line around them. I think it's going to be a bloodbath, and I think Tom Brady, especially with all these rumors now about his marriage being in peril, He's going to come out here. I, I honestly think it's going to be a bloodbath. I think Bucks are going to win, and they're going to reach northward of 40 points on Sunday night. They could. I'm telling you. I think it's going to be like 42. If I had to predict, 42 to 14 is what I think it's going to be. Tony Pollard is getting a touchdown. <laughs> like, I, I don't think it's going to be close. That and Amari Cooper gone as well. That's true, uh, too. So, here we go. Now, I said that the Packers and the Vikings might just be the game of the week. This might be the, big, the biggest rematch of the season, or the biggest um, match of the season. Rematch. One of the biggest ones um, mm -hmm. in terms of hype. Broncos play the Seahawks. Now, listen, the reason why Russell Wilson is returning to Seattle week one to play his old team. And do we have to make a pick on this? <laughs> No. And let me add this too. I don't think this game is going to be anywhere sort of close at all. Yeah. Another blunder on primetime TV. I think Denver's going to kill him. Uh, oh, yeah. Denver. Russell Wilson's definitely coming. 
about it, especially after everything that's come out with him having like all those problems with Seattle, and that's why he wanted to leave in the first place. Yeah, yeah, I think he's coming for blood. Yeah, but here we go. Thursday night, the first ever game on Amaz- exclusive to Amazon Prime, Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet. Um, Chargers Chiefs. Chiefs are favored by three. I'm going to have to go to the Chargers here against the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to add in that, but also the Chargers have won two straight games in Kansas City. Are we going to ignore that, that they've gone into Kansas City twice and beaten them the last two years? Okay, so that said, I think the Chargers are going to win. I think it's going to come down to overtime. I think we're going to see the hype, but we're not going to see the ratings. That's the fun part. So, again, I'm going to go Chargers in that one. Um, I think Tyree Kill, I don't think they're going to let Kelsey break down the field like they did in L.A. last year. Probably not. Nope. Not anymore. So, with that, <laughs> that's our picks. Um that said, let's move on to Tinkle on this. So, at the U.S. Open, um, this guy took a seat courtside, um, sat down for a few minutes. Guy comes over, another guy comes over with a razor and starts cutting his hair on in the courtside seat. When the haircut was done, both left. So, let me get this straight. You're willing to pay hundreds of dollars. For a U.S. Open ticket just to come in, get a haircut, and leave? Come on, yeah, man. That, 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 yeah, come on, man. You know what? I, that, 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 you know what, Jason? Right. You know what, Jason? I think what we're going to do this year, we're going to buy Super Bowl tickets. We're going to go to Arizona. And, oh, add in, I'm going to get my haircut in the middle of and the game just, during the halftime, or right before halftime, and then leave. Okay, that is the dumbest thing I've ever read. And for that, man, you can tinkle on this. So, and apparently you just love to burn burn money like it's apparently nothing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but all right, that's all for us this week. Jason, what's coming up on No Final Bell on Wednesday? What a amazing night in Buffalo, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, unfortunately, um... Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, CM Punk all have been stripped of their titles. So Tony Khan had to make some, um, you know, on-the-fly moves. So we got the very first match of the night was for the trio's tag team titles. Congratulations to Death Triangle for winning them. Um, there is going to be a tournament of champions to crown the new AEW champion as CM Punk is... Injured once again, possibly going to be out six to eight months. Mm-hmm. So we will not see him until at least middle of next year. Um, which does suck for a guy that just became the champion, too. Um, of course, everything with the backstage heat with him, um, it, it doesn't look very promising for AEW in that sense. But a lot of the matches that happened at Buffalo were amazing. So we definitely, Marty and I, plan on talking about that. And of course, if you know you don't follow us on on social media, I posted all the pictures on uh, Instagram and Facebook of the night that we had. 
it was cool singing Judas, even though my brother has a very bad uh, singing voice. I do apologize for that one. But other than that, what is going on for tell, Out of Turn 4? Tell him don't quit his day job, okay? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> all right. That said, um, you know, we had a big, big upset over in Darlington. We had a thriller of a, of a NASCAR Xfinity Series race in which Sheldon Creed pulled a video game move um, to win, or to lose at Darlington. He slammed into the wall, tried to ride it all the way out of four with the lead and couldn't, which led Noah Gregson to win. We did talk about that last week. Um, same with um, Eric Jones bringing Richard Petty's 43 back to victory lane for the first time since 2014 when mm. Eric Almirola did it. Well, now... We're on to Kansas, and we are going to be talking that. Um, and then, of course, the biggest news. I, I'm going to address the big elephant in the room here. Spoiler, we got a new all-star race site for the NASCAR Cup Series next season, and it's one that fans have been crying for for 20 years, especially the boomers that keep saying, bring back my old NASCAR. Um, guess what? We are going back to North Wilkesboro, a track that was once in the grave. This this track was a graveyard for the last 20-something years, and we are back. And it's not getting repaved at all either for 2023. So this will be, to say the least, an interesting event. I was about to say, I don't know if that's anywhere kind of sort of safe at all, but hey... <laughs> Hey, I mean, they're going to be doing some other renovations, but they will not be repaving it. It do, it was repaved in 06 um, oh. for late models and local stuff. But Fox Sports, we thank you for making this happen. Um, so, yeah, I'm loving it. Um, but, yeah, we'll be talking that. We'll be talking a lot of Silly Season stuff coming up on the show um, again, be sure to tune in. Um, now that I basically just gave away the whole show, um, tune in Tuesday at 5 for Out of Turn 4 on YouTube and Facebook Watch. And also be sure to tune in to No Final Bell on Wednesday at 5 o'clock YouTube and Facebook Watch. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, we want to thank you guys for watching this show, though. And we'll be back next week with our Week 2 NFL picks and, of course, a recap of Week 1. Until then, goodbye, everyone.